everybody, and welcome back for another week. It's, uh, it's good to see you guys keep coming back. It's been a crazy couple of weeks for our characters here. There was the last few days at work. There was breaking out Michael and a vampire and Valerie getting infected and doing a strange job for a troll they don't know. And then this mysterious woman who very clearly has them doing something illegal and dangerous. And now, well... Now they get a little bit of time to try and pick up some of the pieces of their life and see where things are going to take them. So kicking things off, you guys went back to the hotel after the meet with Morgana and getting paid. It's super early the next morning. Mary Sue outside in the parking lot, and she seems to have snuck out of their little hotel room and is loading her stuff into her car. And I will get the drop on her, or tip to. Uh, so, uh, what's up with all this? You hightailing it? Oh, um, you know, it's just, Arcia, I, I just, I need my own space. I, I can't be, I can't share the hotel anymore. And, you know, we did this job. I have some money. I, I think I just kind of want to get back to a normal life. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. You could tell the others goodbye. And I'll be in touch. I understand where you're coming from. We all have lives we have to do things with, but this is a pretty sorry way to go about it, to be honest with you. You should at least you know, look him in the eye and say goodbye after all this. R.C., I don't want to, I don't want to hear boss lecture me about how we need to be safe and we need to be careful, and I just, I just need to be away for just a little while. Yeah, she, she can be pretty dour. I guess that's fair. If you're sure, I'll tell him. I'll tell him you left. But, uh, you know, don't lose a number, you know. You're pretty cool. I mean, you're crazy. He did shoot a cop in the back. But, you know, sometimes you may need someone who's kind of crazy around, you know. So, Mary, so give him a big smile. Go up, give him a kiss on the cheek. Thank you, R.C. And I will be in touch. I promise. <sighs> All right. Drive safe, if that's possible. Uh, shakes her head, laughing, gets in her car, and goes. <laughs> R.C. will head back up. Do you go back in and wake everybody up, or do you just kind of wait for them to wake up naturally? I want to wait for them to wake up naturally and just kind of be kind of quiet and broody about it. You know, I want to tell everybody at once, no reason to wake everybody up. Do you stare out the window just like, hmm? Yeah, pretty much. You know, maybe watch them tread. It's not like it's an emergency. I want them to have their wits about them. Sure. What time do people wake up now? I would keep assuming that we're waking up kind of late. Boss is, like, sleeping on the couch. She sleeps on the couch every night. Just sort of, like, pulls her hood over her eyes and drifts off. She probably gets up once she starts hearing people milling about. As long as R.C.'s just being quiet, she probably would sleep till, like, almost noon. Valerie is sleepy in person, or is she still in, like, corporate mode? She is trying to transition to a more nocturnal sort of sleep pattern, so she probably sleeps in till about noon as well. You guys start waking up and coming to, and Richard is looking dramatically out the window. Hey, R.C., what's up? Ah, uh, well, I don't know. Mary Sue kind of had to go. Boss starts to stir on the couch nearby, and first thing she does is, like, her hand just kind of moves down to check to make sure her gun is still at her hip, and then she uh, kind of, like, pulls the hood back from her eyes and starts rubbing her eyes. What do you, what do you mean? Mary Sue left? I met her down outside the lobby. She just kind of took off. I mean, she had to go handle some things. I, I don't know. It's weird. It's like I'm almost going to 
you know, Miss seen her around. Right. She took her stuff. Yeah, she gone through the coop. Vamanos. I don't know in Orcish because it's not like, well, never mind. Like, she's gone, gone. Like, never going to see her again. Deuces, I'm out. I mean, she didn't go into the great beyond. I'm just saying she she left. She had to go handle some business, have things to take care of. I mean, you know, it's been kind of stressful. I think she, I don't know. I mean, I think it really got to her. She's got a lot to figure out. You know, she's young. She's got to kind of put it together. You know, I don't so, think it's the last of her seen ever, but she had to go. I guess I can't really blame her. Been spending a lot of time in tight confines with each other. Maybe a little space wouldn't wouldn't hurt for the group dynamic. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, makes sense. It's just been so fast. Everything's been just crazy, and here we are. And We're I feel like, we, yeah, I feel like we can finally take a breath. You know, for you know those of us who still breathe. Look at Valerie. I still, I'm not. Ah. Oh. See, she's breathing. Fair enough. You have to have breath to have an angsty sigh. That's true. Did Did Mary Sue say that she was going to stay in contact or anything like that? Or is she like, I'll never see you guys again. Farewell. Like, oh, God, calm down. No, she. It was she had to go do some things on her own, kind of get her head straight. I think we all should probably do that. I've got to get back home. I got to see Mama. Not going to be fun. But you know, there's things I need to go. I need to get some affairs settled. You know, life has gone on while we've been in emergency mode. Well, we have money now and we have identities, so we may as well start trying to live like people again. Exactly. And uh, I'll call my, my new sin. What do you guys think? By the way, my, my new sin is uh, Dr. Jefferson Reagan Buchanan, Esquire. Boss looks at Valerie like a quizzic look, like, am I supposed to laugh right now? Would that be inappropriate? Esquire, huh? Exactly. It's rather cool, isn't it? I've always wanted to be like, you know, cool as hell, kind of fancy. It's just baller. Dr. Jefferson Reagan Buchanan. It has a weight to it. Yeah, it sure does, R.C. Well, as a doctor, I can just pronounce you as have being sick with jealousy. How about that? Oh, I'm just absolutely green. If you had spent, look at my sin, four years in medical school, you would know that. So his doctor is actually in medicine? Exactly. That is delightful, R.C., and I'm sure your mother will appreciate having a doctor in the family, finally. Exactly. We're moving on up in the world. So what are you guys going to do? You got to figure something out? I'm probably going to find a place to crash and call my own, and then I, uh, I've i got some things to take care of as well. So, I mean, Val kind of turns and looks out the window and sees the sunlight and everything. And she kind of huffs a little, and she'll look back at them. If you guys don't mind, I'll probably be the last one out of the hotel room. Fair enough. I'm thinking about going out and buying a uh, different house, something with a piece of land on it. You know, match the Esquire, be a member of the landed gentry. That sounds marvelous. I'm just going to find some little hole in the wall. Stay there for a little while until I figure out what I want to do with the rest of this cash. I figure I've got enough here I could probably get out of the city if I wanted to. But I guess we got some stuff to do in Detroit before that happens. Or I do anyway. Sorry to pop in momentarily. Just doing a quick little thing. The next couple of episodes are all going to take place over the same time period, roughly, with some of the different characters doing different things. 
different areas of Seattle, sometimes on their own, sometimes with other people. I opened it up on our Patreon real quick to see who people wanted to see first. And as a result, we're going to start with Valerie and see what she's going to do to try and put her life back together. This could be the day after you guys got paid from, well, as much as you want to say get paid. Some people say you swindled her. And I believe everybody went back to the hotel. So this will probably be later that day. Just because I don't imagine you going outside to, like, go get some lunch in the middle of the day. Yeah, no. Val would probably wait till it's dark out before exiting the hotel. Sure. That's easy to do, so it's now, like, nighttime that day. She would have spent the whole day basically browsing places and trying to set up to go find a new place to live. I'm imagining she's probably going to be conservative and try to find something on the cheaper end of things. In particular, if she can, any basement apartments is what she would be looking for. So you're looking for a dark, dank apartment? Pretty much. Perhaps even as a dungeon? Ugh, yeah. As landlords are not interesting or fun, you can probably find some place that doesn't have really great ratings on, on whatever they use for Yelp in the future. So this way, it's like, oh, this guy's a, a slumlord. As long as I have my money, he probably won't bother me. Yeah, that's pretty much what she's looking for. <laughs> probably plenty of apartments that have the non-attractive apartments. You're below ground, you're in the basement where the washing facilities and junk are, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, that's pretty easy to set up. Fantastic. Can you give me a fantastic again? Fantastic. Oh, there we go. Nice and terrible. <laughs> so you haven't eaten today, so that's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing I gotta get figured out. Yeah. I also imagine it's pretty easy to get this apartment with a quick sin check, and I'm not, like, having to go there and see somebody. They probably have virtual walkthroughs that are actually virtual because... The Matrix and that kind of stuff. So yeah, what's your next uh, what's your next plan of action and your little bit of freedom that you have? The next plan of action is she's going to not go to Dr. Good yet because she thinks she's fine, right? She can keep herself composed. So yeah, she is going to attempt to locate a lab associate named Daniel. Sure. How are you going to try and do that? I presume... Via the internet? I don't know, and we never really discussed in depth quite how much information Val pulled off the servers before, you know, she was fanged. But she would hopefully at least have his first and last name and kind of go from there. You want to check through the employee records that you copied? Pilford? Yes. Yeah, Pilford works. What would you like to know about Daniel? Uh, the first thing would be, where does he live? Which, no doubt, is listed in his employee file. Indeed it is. He lives in, not unlike you, but he lives in a crappy apartment complex. Well, not a crappy one, because he lives, like, above ground, but a not-great apartment complex. About 15 minutes from work? Okay. The next thing that Val would probably look into is, does he have any dependents listed? I don't think that he does. I see him as a... A bit of a nerd that doesn't really have, um, like, you don't list girlfriends or anything like that, but he doesn't live with his parents. He doesn't have any kids. 
Okay, because she's kind of banking on the fact that he lives alone. I'm trying to think what else she would pull. That would pretty much be it. She's just trying to get a location on him so that she can go and have a uh, a polite and civil conversation with him. That's the thing that you could try and do. When would you like to try and have that conversation? She would probably, obviously, after sundown, approach him, whether she sit and be super creepy and stalk him outside his apartment or whatnot. She would basically, you know, survey first and then probably just walk up and knock on his door. It's up to you how you want to do it. I don't have any power over you right now. You know what? Let's throw caution into the wind. She's already a criminal. She already has a fake ID, so why not? She's gonna basically go to his apartment and hack the lock to get in when she knows he isn't there. Sure. What time of the day would you like to think that you know that he isn't there? I would like to think that, well, with everything going on, I'm going to presume possibly early evening he may not be in his domicile. Like, sun just recently set. Because at this point, Val isn't willing to test sunlight yet. We haven't gotten that bold. Does she have any way of knowing whether or not he's not home? The only real thing that she would have would be to check to see if his comm link is located in there. Or maybe, like, a visual, are the lights on? Uh, so you want to, like, look at the place before the sun actually goes down. Yeah, which is gonna hurt. So how are you getting out there in the day? The outfit that Mary Sue bought Val was many, many layers, correct? Sure was. So she is going to try to do everything she can with those layers, and she's probably gonna look like a bum doing it, but she's gonna try to cover as much of her skin as possible and do a bit of a test run to see how long she can be out in the sunlight. Do you want to, uh... Go ahead and roll me some kind of disguise or something to try and cover yourself up or something along those lines. All right, three successes is pretty good. And you're going out, like, right before the sun goes down, right? Correct. All right. And you don't have a car, right? Correct. I think I bought a bus pass. So you want to roll me uh, three dice real quick? We'll see how well your bus trip goes. It's with one hit on a how lucky is my bus ride. You're actually not harassed a whole lot. So there is a lot of questionable characters on this bus ride. There's two people that look like they might be in a gang of some kind. Either that or you're just being classist or racist against them a little bit from your middle management lifestyle. There's somebody on there who's definitely got some kind of drug problem. So a lot of the people around you have, they don't have boss slash Michael brightness to them. But most of them have a dingier with this many this close to you, it's a feeling. It's not even like you can see it and you look at it and be like, ugh, that's kind of gross. You actually just kind of feel it. You probably had a shower before you left or were sometime when you were in your apartment. And while you haven't really gotten dirty, you feel kind of dirty. That would probably result in her fidgeting a little bit and casting a wary eye around, but also like trying to keep her head down at the same time, just furtive glances to the side. Sure. Totally not suspicious. Totally not suspicious. Luckily for you, you didn't feel any horrific burning in the quick jaunt from your apartment to the bus. And now that you're sitting on the bus, you're safely within it. It's tinted glass windows. You will feel some hunger pains because it's been a minute. So that's a, that's a wonderful thing you're feeling right now. And you will be able to just kind of 
go through the 30-ish minute drive over to where Daniel's apartment is. Fantastic. So upon arriving to the apartment complex, I don't know, she's never done this before. So she'd probably be like, walk around the block once and like try to like look at windows and see if she can see lights on. But realizing that's futile, she's probably going to have to go into the building. Yeah, you can't really tell if there are lights on in the various places. You know, you're kind of like outside. You might see some light from some of the places, but not from all of them. And you don't know off the top of your head which of the apartments coordinates with where his apartment is in the building. She would kind of, like, wait until she's getting ready to see somebody enter or exit the building and probably, like, do one of those jog up, like, hey, hold the door and get in the building that way. Sure. That's uh, that's pretty easy to do. This isn't, like, a super crazy apartment building, but you can totally, like, wait, like, 15 minutes, loiter around somewhere and perform your ruse. For what good it does, but yeah, makes her feel like she's sly and crafty, and that's all that matters. So yeah, basically, once in the building, she would figure out where his apartment would be and uh, go up and uh, check it out. Sure, it's pretty easy to do once you're inside. You go to his floor. Let's say he's on the fifth floor of like seven. She will probably uh, take the stairs because it's still novel. So, yeah, no, you're you're on his floor, you've taken the stairs. It's, it smells like cigarette smoke in here, so that's a thing. His door's down the hallway a little bit. Val would walk up to the door and kind of stare really hard at it for a second. All right, so she will stare really hard at it for a second, and you will see that it is a door. But if you want to roll me an auditory perception test, we can see if she hears anything while staring. Holy eight successes, Batman. I hear everything. <laughs> Very true. So you will hear some people having conversations in some of the other rooms. You will hear some people, like, making dinner or something along those lines. You know, like the that can opener sound. That kind of just daily life stuff. You won't hear anything coming from Daniel's apartment, and you won't hear his voice. Okay. She will then attempt to... What kind of lock is it? Is it a mag lock, or is it, like, a key lock? Mag lock. She's going to try to hack that lock. Sure. Man, that's a lot of successes. Seven of them. (laughs) So with a satisfying click, Daniel's door will unlock. All right, now the part that she is wholly unprepared for. She will kind of just pretty much duck quickly into the apartment and just be like ripping off a band-aid. She'll hear the click, she'll open the door, step in, and shut it quietly behind her. All right, you're in the apartment of a... A nerdy bachelor researchy person? For one, it's probably a mess. There's probably a pile of trash in the corner by the door ready to go out. And that's mostly takeout. Looking around his room, you'll see dishes in the sink. You will see cabinets just left open. Clothes just kind of like in a pile. Like, you know, come in, drop the jacket right there on whatever's next to the door. That kind of thing. Is she looking for anything in particular as she wanders around this guy's apartment? Mail probably doesn't exist anymore, so she would just be looking for any signs of, like, hey, I'm getting ready to leave town, or, you know, any sort of signs of frantic or nervous sort of behavior. I'm sure the place looks like it's been tossed, but that's just its natural state. Yeah, it it probably is. I don't know how many guys' apartments that Valerie has been to. Not many. (laughs) 
Okay. Yeah, it's just a, a general state of a mess. You don't notice anything that is like there's no luggage sitting in one corner. There's there's no plane tickets sitting on the counter or anything super obvious that like that that gives you the idea that Daniel is planning on leaving the area a little bit. Fantastic. Yeah. One thing you will notice is you kind of you get to his bedroom and there's a little bit of a greenish glow coming from over by the nightstandy thing. Is the greenish glow just a is like an electronic glow or is it like freaky deaky superpower glow? It's not super bright, but it could be an electronic glow, but you don't know. Val will go investigate it. So getting over there, you're going to see it is a cross-shaped object. <laughs> okay. Val has done enough reading on the internet to know that she probably doesn't want to touch that. Oh, what's the worst that could happen? Probably nothing, but at the same time, probably everything. Once she basically kind of rifles through his apartment, does he have, like, a cardboard table and chairs, like something that serves as some sort of dining room table? There is a small table in there with some chairs, but it's kind of just got covered in junk. Like, there's a coat over the backseat of the chair, and then there's a couple of takeout boxes on it and that kind of stuff. But it's there. She will have a seat and make sure that she is facing the door, and she's just Gonna wait! Okay. Early evening will start to turn into later evening. And about 9.30, quarter to 10, you'll hear somebody's footsteps come up to the door and start to kind of mess around with in their pocket. Val's gonna sort of sit up a little bit straighter and then have a moment of incredible doubt about her plan. And then probably move as quietly as she can, maybe someplace not in direct view of the door. Sure, that's pretty easy for you to do. Do you have all the lights out in here? Yeah, probably. Okay. Do you want to go ahead and give me, like, a sneaky roll to see how things go? It doesn't take long for a maglock to unlock a door, you know, you just kind of take it out of your pocket and go boop. Right. The door will start to open, and then it'll stop for a minute, a couple of inches open. It'll be a pause for a second, and then it'll finish opening. And some light will start to pour into the room. Val's going to stand very, very still. As the door opens all the way and he goes to take the step across the threshold, the lights will start to come on in the apartment. Where are you dramatically standing? Val's going to be standing off to the side, probably in whatever would be the kitchenette. Hopefully someplace that is out of direct line of sight of the door, if she could get there feasibly. It's probably the last section of the apartment that is revealed by the door opening all the way. Fair enough. I'm good with that. It's more or less the uh, the part of the apartment that has the, the floor, probably not linoleum, probably some other material, but it is the floor that you can wipe up instead of like a rug that, and that's where they keep the soy flavoring dispenser, the refrigeration unit, that kind of thing. Okie doke. But what you will notice is the door will open, but it'll only really open as much as it takes for him to get through. And then he will slip inside, and he will shut the door, and kind of lean back against it and take a deep breath. And uh, let's see what he does when he sees you. Sees me and sees me standing. Actually, I wonder if, let's see if he recognizes you, because you're wearing, you're both standing and wearing something completely different. True. So as he comes in, you're going to notice that he is of the light green and orange kind of colorations. He will shut the door and kind of lean against it. 
And then as he more or less kind of looks up with like a, a bit of a deep breath, his eyes will come to rest on you and he will flash a dark green and kind of do that thing. Like when somebody sneaks up behind you, you're like, oh! and you just kind of like freeze for a moment and kind of tense. Yeah. He does that for a moment. Do you want to do anything or are you, or is she a little surprised by that reaction and stuff too? having dealt with some of these colors before, Val's going to hold up her hands kind of like in a non-threatening look. I'm not armed. Pose kind of just like, you know, just relax. I'm. She'll probably even say, relax. I just want to talk to you. Make you roll some dice to try and keep him from screaming. Unless you got a better idea of how, because it's going to take a dice roll at this point, because you are standing inside his apartment staring at him as he comes in without him knowing. The only other thing that I could think of her doing is, like, if she sees he goes to scream, like, to run up and just, like, cover his mouth, that is what she will do, and then basically try to talk him down from there, with what little charisma she has. You kind of surge forward with perhaps speed you didn't know you had. His arms are all tightened up, like, oh god. And you cross the distance, and you kind of put your hand over his mouth. And you will notice his dark green goes even darker green. And his eyes are all big. And he's staring at you in the face. Once she has his hand over his mouth, she will say with as much authority as she can muster, Look, I'm just here to talk, and then I'll be gone. Please do not freak out. You want to roll me that leadership with two additional dice? So with him getting zero successes on his composure test after you tried to talk him down, he is going to do the only reasonable thing here and faint. Great. Actually, great! So he just kind of... Fantastic. I will drag whatever it is I gotta do and deposit him on his bed and immediately start searching for his comm link. You know, he's not exactly resisting. You can just kind of give him a pat down and go through his pockets, that kind of thing. You will find his comlink. Excellent. I would like to hack his comlink. All right. Given us it's in your hand and the person who it would alert that it is being hacked is unconscious, what would you like to know about his comlink? I'm hoping he would be dumb enough to have any kind of communication left as to what happened at Paradynamics, as well as... Like, I don't know, anything suspicious, like large payments or, you know, just anything that she would have gathered from, like, spy thriller trids and stuff like that that, you know, would be suspicious behavior for a normal upstanding corporate wage slave. So spending a couple of minutes, you're going to find nothing suspicious here. You're not going to find any giant lump sum payments of you know, multiple thousands of new yen, not like you have recently received. You're going to find that he still works there. You're going to find a couple of communications from various night errant officers, you know, taking statements, that kind of thing. There are two interesting things that you're going to find. One is that you're going to see that out of those night errant communications, he was basically offering to give up whatever evidence he wanted to for protection. And there has been a sudden surge of searches for religious things and vampire protection things. He has suddenly become an avid Catholic. Okay. 
So Val is going to basically seeing all of that. She's going to kind of, you know, toss the comlink on the bed beside him. And is there something I can gag him with or like put over his mouth so when he wakes up, he doesn't start screaming? Yeah, you can easily go grab the proverbial sock or tie or something and stuff it in his mouth. Okay, and then how do you wake up somebody who has fainted? She would probably try slapping him around first, <laughs> because that seems to work in the movies. Once the slapping doesn't work, she'll probably actually Google and find the, oh, elevate their legs to above the level of their heart, or some other more medically sound way to wake a person, and she will proceed to do that. It'll take you a couple of minutes, because, you know, you gotta Google, you gotta get past the, oh, I shouldn't have slapped him. It felt good, though. <laughs> and then he will, will slowly start to come around, which sounds really awkward because he's like, uh, but he's got a, a sock in his mouth. Like, Val will once again, Daniel, I need you to remain calm. I just want to have a conversation with you. This time it's more confusion than raw terror because you're not like standing dramatically there. Yeah, she would be giving him some space, and the sock is just to, you know, potentially dampen a scream if, if he woke up screaming. Yeah, and he'll just kind of go through a little bit of that kind of feeling around, feeling for his glasses, and, and start to mess with the gag. Kind of not really internalizing that there is another person in the room, and then that they are conversing with him. Okay. Val's just going to kind of stand back and let him come to, and if he goes to, like, she would be able to see his aura change again, I'm presuming, into that deep green. And if she sees it start to go that route again, that is when she would make a move towards him. But she's basically going to kind of give him at least a little bit of space, so that way hopefully he doesn't freak out and she can have this conversation so she can get out of his hair. He seems a lot calmer this time, being able to come back into the waking world and hearing your voice and kind of having an idea that there was somebody here beforehand. He seems really confused by the sock that is in his mouth, and he starts kind of like, I'm pulling it out. Okay. Val will basically say, look, I'm sorry, I didn't want you to wake up screaming. Like I said before, I just want to have a conversation with you. And he'll turn, and he'll sit up like on the side of his bed and pull out like, <laughs> and then it'll take him a minute to be like, Valerie? Hi, Daniel. He is in a light green and medium orange kind of coloration right now. So slightly fearful, but mostly confused and anxious. Val is just going to kind of keep her voice low, calm, her hands up and open like she's dealing with a frightened, cornered animal. And she will just, look, I just want to ask you some questions and then I'll be gone. And you will never see or hear from me again. But I just, I need to know what happened. It'll take him a second, but then he'll kind of, I don't want to say spring to his feet, because he's not exactly a pinnacle of physical fitness, but he'll definitely like, get up with a little bit of a, a suddenness and turn around to face you. His light green has gone to more of a medium green, and you'll notice that he is standing kind of next to where his nightstand was, with that glowy green thing, and then like, how did you get in here? And she'll just kind of level him a look that's like, seriously? You're asking me how I got in here? 
and Val will kind of just shake her head and just be like, look, I just want to talk. How I got in here doesn't matter. It does matter. This is my apartment. I know this is your apartment, but trust me, it's best if you don't know. Can we have a conversation? Are you going to remain calm-ish? You broke into my apartment. How am I supposed to remain calm? (sighs) You're right. I did break into your apartment, but I didn't touch anything. I didn't take anything. I was merely waiting for you to come back so I could talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. I'm sure you don't, but I really just... I just have a couple of questions, Daniel. That's that's all I have, and then you'll never see me. You'll never hear from me again. I don't want to see you now after what you did. Oh. What do you what do you mean? You and your friends, it's the reason everything's gone to hell. Okay. This is all your fault. How my fault? And Val will actually like kind of take a step forward towards him. He takes a step back. My my fault? This <laughs> This is not my fault, Daniel. Yes it is. They I... told us everything you guys did. You're stealing from the company, you're cutting up that poor man, and you killed him? That poor man, that... Look, Daniel, I am a victim of some bad happenings. I can't deny that. I know what the files say. Yes. You faked being in a wheelchair for all those years to get our sympathy? No, I was really paralyzed until a vampire bit me. His left hand will start reaching around on the the nightstand. I know what you have in there already. It's not going to work. My faith protects me, and he'll grab the cross out. Uh Uh-huh. He'll hold it. Not brandishing it at you, but he has it in his hand. Val's actually going to, like, roll her eyes and, like, lean up against the wall, like, crossing her arms, and just, like, look... Fine. You don't want to answer questions. You don't want to believe me. Let me just talk at you for a little bit. All right? No. I never invited you into my apartment. Get out. I rescind your invitation. It doesn't work like that. You could see he, like, straightened up and was like, ah, I'm a- I got you. And then you're still standing there and he deflates a little bit, but he doesn't look like he's having fun in this conversation. And Val is, like, trying very hard to keep her cool and just not snap at this dude. She will say, look, I know what the files say. I know what changes were made to make it look like we were the bad guys. I get it. But I didn't fake all those years of being in a wheelchair. I didn't steal from the company. I didn't do any of that. It was a frame-up job. And I'm trying to figure out who did it. But... I have a couple of questions for you. Because, Daniel, you see, here's the thing. The only reason that we were even in the building, the only reason that that man, that poor man that you claim we killed, the only reason we were in there is because you left Michael behind. You didn't tell anybody Michael was in the building. So guess what? We went in to rescue him. And then... Yeah, that poor man was a vampire who bit me. And just like, as she's talking, she's just getting more and more angry. I locked down the lab like protocol says, and I went out to get help. Daniel, 
I saw the video footage. You didn't bother telling anybody he was in there. Why? I was trying to find a night errand officer that would listen to me. They all kept telling me that the place was shut down, that there was nobody inside. Val let out a big sigh and uh, look at him. And is he still that medium green? He is still that medium green, and his orange is starting to bleed into a little bit of red. Okay. Val will take a deep breath, recenter herself, and look Daniel square in the eye. So you did not leave Michael in there on purpose. I left him in there so that he could try and stop whatever was happening. And I went to get help. Nobody would listen. His arm is kind of flexing with the cross in it. Can I roll judge intentions? So it's three hits on your judge intentions. He is afraid. With a tinge of anger in it, because you are accusing him of stuff, he's like, nuh-uh, that's not what happened. What else would you like to know about his current emotional state? I know that he's starting to get a little angry, and that he is, in fact, fearful. As far as he's concerned, does he believe he's telling the truth? That's not really an emotional state, but is there conviction within him? I don't think that's something that you can really get with only three hits under the circumstances. All right, Daniel. Fine. You're following protocol. I understand. Why don't why don't you tell me what happened when you left the building? What is it that you did? Why do you think you had a problem telling Night Aaron that there was somebody else in there? I don't know. Probably because of what you did. You probably bought them off or something. Hmm. I didn't do anything, Daniel. So, you didn't leave Michael in there on purpose. You didn't follow any directions from anybody about what you were supposed to do on that day or anything like that. Nobody contacted you. Nobody said, hey, when this happens, we need you to do this. Nothing like that. What are you talking about? I was just doing my job. Can I roll my knowledge of security procedures to basically kind of remember what the protocol is for paradynamics in a lockdown situation like that? Sure. So with three hits on your security procedures, when dealing with something that is a potential high-risk biohazard infection, it is more contained before anything else. Granted, it may have been kind of a dick move for Daniel to lock him in there and go for help, but the area is to be locked down, and people in the immediate area are supposed to be, like, checked for infection or contamination and that kind of thing before they are released out into the general public. So, it's not completely wrong. He may have been a little preemptive about it, but, you know. Mostly because he didn't like Michael. Okay, that's fair. If that's what you want to think. <laughs> that's how Valerie is judging him. So, Valerie will kind of nod her head and say, you know, I understand the lockdown procedures. I I remember them. I remember the training they had us all do. I just, I have, I just have one, one more question for you, Daniel. And, you know, then I'll be out of your hair. I promise. When we got to the building, the lab was still locked down. We had to bust Michael out of it because it was still in lockdown protocol. But the vampire that was in there was already out. How do you think that happened if you followed procedures correctly? 
So he will kind of roll it around in his head for me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Michael let him out. And he's rolled it around in his head. I just, it's one of those things that all we wanted to do was get our friend out safe. And now, because of this, I'm not exactly the same person I used to be, Daniel. So you can understand that I'm a little on the upset side and that I really would like to find the people that are at fault. The people who caused this to happen. So anything, anything that you have, forget all the reports you've heard. Forget everything. I'm a victim. I am just trying to find the people that did this. I don't think he responds well to this, actually. Oh, no. You know, his hand's shaking a little bit. and He's looking it down. He's rolling it around in his head. He's going to look up at you and with a, a steadier gaze than he has had from the previous entirety of the night. He's going to point at you with the cross in his hands. You're the unusual thing. You guys don't even exist in the system anymore. You were stealing stuff. Doris was arrested. And then he'll kind of go off on that line of like, you are everything you are asking about, you and your friends. You are the reason that everything is going to hell right now. The whole time Val has just been trying to keep her anger in check, I'm actually going to ask you to call for a composure check. You can actually just roll it. I'm okay if you lunge across the room and attack this guy. You got two successes, so that's on you. Val's going to lunge across the room at him. So he is not surprised, almost as if he was expecting you to lunge across the room and... Alright, well you're up first. So she's basically just looking to pin him up against the wall. Two successes. You have uh, shoved him back against the wall. He very poorly tries to bop you with this wooden cross that he's carrying. He starts, like, reciting a prayer. But because we're in combat time, you can only get a little bit of it out. You got him against the wall. He's trying to smack you with this stick. Can I hear his heart racing? You will notice that you feel a little bit of that magnetism feeling right now as you have, like, your hand. Where are you holding him? She's basically got him pushed up against the wall, and she has her forearm sort of, like, across the top of his chest, like, where his collarbone is, and kind of just has him, like, That's what she's using to pin him up against the wall, and her other hand is free, so it's like she's got her left arm pinning him. You do feel a bit of that magnetism there. And I bet it feels kind of nice, doesn't it? Val will actually look at him, and she'll be like, just calm down, I don't want to hurt you. I don't know, she's probably going to hold action. We can drop out of, like, a little bit of initiative here for a second as a... It's more of a dramatic thing, because he's going to keep trying to to bop you, because for as long as you are holding him, he is going to try and continue his prayer and bop you with this cross. I think eventually Val would get just sick of it. She'd probably, like, with her free hand, pin that one up against the wall. Sure. Do you want to go ahead and give me a uh, another unarmed combat roll? You can't seem to nail it down. Like, you're You grab his one wrist and you try to pin it and he reaches his other hand over there and kind of like pushes your arm off, kind of pushes you back a little bit so it breaks your grip. He's not fighting, he's flailing. It's just you also suck at fighting. Two people that suck at fighting basically in a slap bitch fight. Yeah, you just happen to have the slight advantage because you got him first. But he is continuing the fervored prayer and he's spittle from his mouth is kind of landing on you and 
he is uh, not happy, not pleased. And you can feel that magnetism there. So feeling that sort of magnetism there, and it's for Val, it would just be kind of like that white noise, droning sort of buzz in the back of her mind, just sort of tickling at her. And she's just like, she's getting more and more angry, and she'll kind of like, you know, with her forearms sort of like, force his chin up so, like, they're making eye contact, and she will just say, if you didn't have any clue about what was going on, then why are you prepared to deal with a vampire? And I think at that point, she's gonna try to bite him. Go ahead and give me that bitey roll. So you go in for the bite, and he kind of pulls the cross down, like, in front of his face, and you, with five successes, get around it. He will stop his prayer, and he will scream that you are a monster into more okay. of, like, the unholy stuff of you, like, spawn of Satan, blah, 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 etc. She's going to try to bite him one more time. All right. All right. He is failure at bonking. I'm apparently failure at biting for a third and final time. The final is the final times. She will try to bite him. At this point, it's wrist, neck, whatever she can get a hold of. Sure. The good news is, is though, on a tie, you do have, like, you do make contact, so you can probably, like, have him, I don't want to say, like, in your mouth, but basically, like, you're just, imagine if instead of getting the juicy teenage angst part of the wrist, you got, like, the bone side of the wrist. Okay. And he will more or less scream bloody murder. Are you, you're just going to continue trying to eat him, right? Pretty much. Okay. Can you roll me four dice? Why are you so bad at this? You guys are going to start kind of rolling around, wrecking up the apartment, because that's how these kinds of fights always go. Yep, uh, absolutely. Somewhere in there, you will start to hear people outside, kind of in the hallway, because, surprise, some dude yelling our fathers at you, and a fight in the bedroom is going to attract attention. Makes complete sense. Because you could totally hear this. He's in no state to make rational decisions right now. There's no real way for me to knock him out so he quits screaming. You do have a taser. I do have a taser, though. So, what the hell? Let's try to tase the fucker. Poor guy. You miss him with that shit. He'll look a little confused because, like, you broke off the tussle. And then you tried to shoot him and missed. You start to hear heavy thudding at the door. Oh, this is no bueno. I have it completely under control. You sure? Not at all. Okay. He is getting up as if to, I don't know, something aggressive. Something aggressive. All right, fine. One more shot. I'm gonna try to shoot him once more. You've actually succeeded in hitting him. Oh, thank God. He's gonna take this taser. And kind of twitch on the ground for a minute. You have the opportunity for something. What are you attempting to do in this situation as people begin banging on the door and yelling his name? You said he's on the fifth floor, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Going over to the window, anything I can use to escape? Let me look in the book for falling damage. Because we're going to need that here in a second. <laughs> So the good news is, is there is a dumpster outside that'll kind of break your fall a little bit. You can give it a shot. Well, at this point, I'm pretty much out of anything. So, uh, yeah, we're going to try to escape. 
Six successes. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, but I don't want to know how uh, how much am I taking. So if you were to go ahead and take six points of physical damage and land in a dumpster, you will... Uh, Doesn't knock me out, but puts me at minus two. Sure does. And it's gross. You smell like garbage. Uh, fantastic. So we are going to beat a hasty retreat. Mm-hmm. And basically get the fuck out of there. So you get back on the late bus and looking like shit and smelling like garbage. You fit right in with the rest of the people on this bus. Slink back to your home in defeat. And I am starving. As always, thank you guys for listening. You are the reason that we continue to to do this. Come by, check us out on Patreon. We have a couple of different goals on there, all of which is oriented towards growing the show and doing more things in that vein. You know, we want to get bigger and better and all of that happy stuff. I want to give back to the cast for helping out and sitting down to play this game. The Patreon link is going to be in the description. And uh, tell your friends. You know, that's the easiest way to to help us out without really doing anything super in-depth. You know, spread the word. And, you know, as much as I hate to drone on about it, there's those things about five-star iTunes reviews. So, but it is now time for the legal stuff. The music you heard was composed by and copyrighted by Michael Vadamikis and for use with the Without a Net podcast. The Tops Company Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logos, artwork, marks, photograph, sounds, audio, video, and or any other proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company Inc. has granted permission to the Without a Net podcast to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or other proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with the Without a Net podcast in any official capacity whatsoever.